we do have time to get to this new segment. Are you ready for it? I'm not ready for it, although I hear you're pretty proud of it because you've been teasing <laughs> it for like three no, weeks. No, no, no. This is just, it's, it's, uh, I, I think that you're going to like it, but I don't, I don't know. I don't want to overhype it. Now I, it's going to no, fall it's on its too face. Late. I, I feel oh, like you've already overhyped no, it, and now I don't, I'm just waiting to get stabbed with yeah. the, uh, no, it's going to be okay. It's going to be good. Can we launch into the show here? Let's do it. By the way, it's Lightning and Home and Truck Show. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, cause truck rides with The Truck Show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel, and the ones that run on gasoline. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. That's us. Hey, this is the Truck Show Podcast. So, uh, yeah, no, I was thinking, I was I was feeling nostalgic recently. Okay. I saw an old uh, vintage truck commercial. Yeah. And I thought, I'm going to make Holman guess what manufacturer is associated oh. with this old truck commercial. All right. Yeah. So here, right. here here's your intro. What the truck? <laughs> <laughs> hear it again. Here we go. What the truck? You know, that should make everybody who hates our intros very happy considering it's about two seconds long. Exactly. Very, very <laughs> short. So I'm going to play one for you here, and I want you to guess the year oh, and the manufacturer. All right. The year and the manufacturer. Let's give it a shot. Of all the pickups in the market today, one carries them all. It's the leader. With the best gas mileage ratings of all the American-built pickups that can carry a big 2,500-pound payload. With more six-cylinder torque than any of them do. And as for the imports, got them in roominess as well as payload. So what do you think it is? I actually What's think I the year? know that commercial. What? No, you do not. Well, I, I, it sounds familiar. And did that commercial have another truck in the bed? Yes, it did. And let me ask you again. <laughs> what the truck? All right. That... Um, but they talk about six-cylinder torque, so I'm guessing, and I have it, the the image is in my mind, but I'm guessing we're talking about the uh, late 70s, early 80s because of the, ga- the, uh, the fuel price issue. Right. And I'm going to say that's Ford that put a Chevy in the bed as it was crawling over a rock pile. Oh! Oh, 1980 Ford F-250. Ah, yes! truck! <laughs> <laughs> what are the chances? Oh. All right, should we do it again? Let's do another one wait, real Wait, no, quick. no, I like having my batting average 1,000. Can we stop no, that? No, okay, no, 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 right, screw right. that. Hold on. Oh, wait, oh, you get this right here. There Yay. we go. All right, 1984 Yay. truck. All right, second one for Holman. What the truck? What the truck? The way the word new gets tossed around nowadays, you kind of start to wonder what it really means anymore. Well, it, it means all new. New from the road to the roof. It means rugged double wall construction throughout. And a cargo box that's all welded. And this, and this is what makes it This baby's got more room than any pickup going. And they've even loaded her up with new ideas, like this easy access fuse box. And gave her more good looks and comfort than a lot of cars will give you. What the truck? I love the uh, easy access uh, fuse boxes. (laughs) Who doesn't want that? By the way, it was on the dash, like the center of the dash, (laughs) on the top. Oh man, um, some I know people are listening, going, "I know what that is." I I want to say, and I, I'm trying to remember welded bed and and double walled construction because that was a big deal. That has to be like late '50s, and I'm going with Chevy. Oh, 
man. Negative. All right. Well, Try it again. Then I'm going to go with, what? Uh, the truck. was I wrong on the make or the year or both? You were wrong on both. Wow. All right. Because you said late 50s, 60s Chevy. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. No, way off. All right. So that would be a uh, late 60s Dodge. You're getting there. <laughs> You're getting there. Yes. 1970 Dodge truck. <laughs> Did you remember that they had a, they had the best truck names. They had like Honcho and they, had, or I guess Jeep <laughs> had the Honcho. They had the, um, Don Knott was one of their spokespeople for a while. Right. And, uh, Don Knotts. D- Don Knotts. Sorry. And, uh, it was, uh, oh, it was, it was the dude. The dude. The dude. The truck was called the, truck, the dude. Yeah, the truck was called the dude. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't uh, think about that, but it, we'll put it on our uh, social at Truck Show podcast. But there's actually old ads yeah. that have Don Knotts in a cowboy hat with a green truck. It says Dodge the dude. <laughs> it's, it's pretty funny. By the way, this is Lightning, and it's the Truck Show, and we're doing what the truck. <laughs> All right, here is your third and final vintage truck commercial. Guess it. Not too many years ago, that's the way we moved cargo around from place to place, but today. We have a better, a more efficient way. The 1983 full-size pickups, as tough as the day is long, and offering substantially more horsepower than our forefathers ever <laughs> I know had. This one. Wait, what? Yeah. Is it all patriotic? It's so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is the best. What the truck? Okay. Do you know the truck, Mr. Holman? Yeah, I do. No, you don't. Yeah, do I you do. really? Yeah, I do. This is not fair. Do you remember uh, Cheyennes and Silverados and that yes. old-timey Western yes. thing? Yes. Yeah, I'm going oh. with Chevy. Oh, so what year? Well, they said 83. Oh, yeah, he did say 83. <laughs> oh. I'm going with 83. Oh, yes, you are. <laughs> truck. You got it. You got it. We have a Sweet. winner. <laughs> All right, go me. I, I'm proud of myself. All right, I'm going to do a better job of finding old clips, stuff you haven't seen before. All right. I don't know how I'm going to. I'm going to go on the dark web to find them this time. Be careful what you find on the dark web. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe find something you weren't you weren't uh, expecting. Okay, so we're calling. We're getting uh, Greg Higgs on. All right there, we go. This Greg. Greg, Lightning and Holman, Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? Hey, yeah. So we got to. We, before we talk to you, we've got an intro. We got to play it. So bear with us. Here we go. Yo, the truck show. <laughs> who dis? Who dis? Who the hell is this? A truck show interview you don't want to miss. We talk to top dogs <laughs> in the industry. How'd you blow up? How'd you come to be? Who dis? Who dis? Truck show represent. Who dis? Who dis? I'll tell you who, who this hell? is. <laughs> so we have Greg Higgs, co-founder, owner, and CEO of Fab Fours, and. Uh, what started out as a uh, little bumper company with uh, two buddies who uh, started a business is now one of the premier manufacturer of truck accessories. So, uh, Greg, talk to us about Fab Fours. Well, that's pretty open-ended. So <laughs> hold, on, hold, on, hold on, let me. He's, okay, he's, he's bad at the whole podcast thing. Let me start. This is lightning. First, let's start with a name. Where does the name come from? So, the prequel to what everybody knows about us in Durango, Colorado, is that Fab Fours actually started in Jakarta, Indonesia. Without really boring everybody on how I ended up there, a little bait and switch out of college, moved me from Australia to Jakarta, I met an investor in a bar in Jakarta. So what one thing led to another. I know, it's crazy. And the funny thing is, so I grew up in Texas, went to Texas A&M, and of all the folks to bump into in this bar, this guy was a Texan, you know, old school, older <laughs> dude. He, he was a retired... Redded there, oil well firefighter. We started talking 30 minutes into this thing. I was telling about my plan to open an off-road shop, more like a full-wheel parts that everybody would know. Okay. 
And he goes, if you got the plan, I got the money. Quit my job. And mind you, I'm only 22 at the time. And that's it. Decided to live in Jakarta. So for three years, I actually had a shop. Jalan Fatmawati, number 14, Jakarta, Indonesia, trying to build custom trucks. What a strange how, how you bounced around and found it was just so serendipitous that uh, that's something you wanted to do and the money found you. Well, it is. So while I was self-loathing living in Jakarta before meeting that guy, <laughs> I, plan, I wrote a business plan to open an off-road shop in the U.S. So that was the plan I was describing. It had nothing to do with Jakarta. When he said, you got the plan, I got the money, he meant right here when he lived in Jakarta. So a little bit of a pivot, not opening a cool off-road shop on an old Toyota and living in some cool city in the U.S. It was Jakarta. Wow. But I made the best of it. How did you pivot from there to eventually ending up back in the States, where you, that which your original plan called for you being? <laughs> I was going to bring bumpers from Thailand to Jakarta. And in the course of making numerous trips up there met a manufacturer that I believe to have world-class capabilities, and that's where the notion for, man, I could import bumpers from Thailand to the U.S. and form my own brand. So started executing on that vision, chose to live in Durango, Colorado. Yeah, I like that. That was a horrible idea (laughs) because that Thai manufacturer fell through, but I was already committed. So at that point, trudged ahead, found local job shops in the U.S. that could produce for us. And that's the time old school shops around the country remember. I basically loaded up about 15 bumpers into an enclosed trailer and just pulled city to city to city. Probably one of the best times of my life, just seeing all of America. Basically, I'd roll into a town in the evening. Yellow pages were still the way to go back then, right? Yeah, we're talking 2005 or mid-2000s? Correct. This is all of 2006. Okay. Grab the yellow pages, pull up the truck accessories, outline that for the next day of hitting eight shops, and basically show up, open my jacket, trying to sell them my wares, see if they would buy into it. But it was working. Uh, I've always been good at passionately selling the idea of Fab Fours. Quality on time. Sounds pretty cliche, but... If you're into the game, buying parts for cars, trucks, anything that's awesome is either tough to get or shows up messed up, missing parts, etc. And I wanted to turn that upside down. People believed in the story. So incredibly, in that short amount of time, in 06 and 07, we built to a jobber direct network of about 460 stores. Oh, my God. Wow. wow it's amazing. The best, really, in the country, because it, it makes sense, right? The smaller uh, shops probably aren't the ones that have the cash to take a chance on the new guy, the Fab Fours, whereas the folks that have been around for a long time, uh, more established shops, the ones that survive to this day, you know, they're the ones going, hey, see what this is in. It's worth taking a shot on these guys. You know, we're going to be direct with them, do the buy-in, as you did back then. So it worked. We built that critical mass, and then to this day, I'll defend, we pioneered putting bumpers into wholesale distribution. It really hadn't been done before that because the market was a lot smaller, and quite frankly, the competitors to ours, and ourselves included, 
were so small that really it was just shipping right to shops. But that gets cost prohibitive depending on what part of the country you're in. So when we made that leap of faith with Keystone, it really changed the game for us because then the on-time part of our value proposition became truly next day nationwide. And from that, we just catapulted. When you come to Fab Fours, it's amazing. We are processing more than 100,000 pounds of steel every week. Wow. So twice a week taking deliveries of flatbeds, entire flatbeds, it's all coming to us, and we're loading these 5 by 10 sheets. And in a matter of kind of as the crow flies through the building, call it 400 yards, it's packaged and leaving. And to this day, we are one of the only bumper manufacturers that truly has it all in-house. Wow, so much to ask you still, Greg. First off, I don't think we got to where the name came from. Oh, man, good point. <laughs> there were... Four people, because at the time, I brought over a buddy from Texas that had fab skills. Then there's, of course, the Red Adair investor that I met originally, and he wanted to bring a buddy up from Australia. So there were four guys. We're shooting pool, drinking beer, just trying to write something up on the chalkboard. And Fab Four has just kind of evolved. And I liked it a lot, mostly for the play on words. So you You've got the fabrication four-wheel drive part that seems intuitive for the space we're in. But to know that Beatles comes to mind. Right. You know, every time right. we're of in course. an elevator with our shirt, people are like, oh, you guys play you know, cover stuff? <laughs> are you a Beatles tribute band? Yes, absolutely. And you got that, and you got the NCAA. Like, all those things just make it stick in your mind. And I'm very proud to note that. About six years ago, we overtook the Beatles if you start searching Fab Fours. <laughs> oh, you're kidding me. Wow. If people don't know Fab Fours, I'm sure a lot of people listening do, but if they don't, you would definitely know them by their concept vehicles. So one of the things that, that Greg's team has done over the years is, and it seems like every year we've gotten to a point where they try and outdo themselves, and then they do it, and you're really impressed because whether you like them or not, it's always the talk of SEMA. They're always polarizing. So you guys have had a string of, of amazing concepts at SEMA, the Chimera Colorado, the Mall Assault G- JK, the Legend, the Legend 2.0, the Krypton. 2.0, yeah, by the 2. way. 2.0. <laughs> Talk about how that's really helped the company because I, I think that just from the standpoint of branding and name recognition to do some of the crazy stuff you do, and we'll put them up on a Truck Show podcast on our social so you guys can see what we're talking about. But I'd like to hear sort of the ideas behind how these concepts came to be, and then how they've affected the business. Interesting question, because I purposely didn't prepare for any of this, as I don't for anything. (laughs) By the way, us either. By by the way, yeah, no no preparation here. (laughs) So I still have that piece of core enthusiast, and the kid in me that likes to build these trucks, that's kind of what spawns it. And I'm in a super fortunate position, obviously, because I'm not saying I've got all of the best ideas or better ideas than the next guy. But you got some wacky ideas because I've seen some (laughs) of your Mohawks on trucks and the cool thing about your stuff is, so to me anytime I see something cool, you know, cool is one of the things that you know it when you see it. For me, automotive is if I want to pick it up in my hand and play with it like a Hot Wheel. And that's cool. And that's exactly how all of his builds are is you just want, you wish they were miniaturized so you could just, the kid and you can just go play because they're bright colors and they're wild looking and they're just, they're just nothing you would expect. Nobody has the same um, design, you know, feel or vibe that 
the stuff they're doing has. It's really cool. You stole it from me because that <laughs> is my goal is that it looks like it would be in a sandbox. I mean, growing up, I went to sleep with Hot Wheels in my hands. Yep. You know, and those most of us can relate to that. Yes. Crazy proportions. And to this day, and I still need to meet this guy that really inspired me all over again five years ago in Moab. It's a yellow Toyota pickup, probably, you know, early 80s, if not, you know, a 79. It kind of had that original grill. Okay. But super slammed on 42s. Full width, you know, extra wide axles. And you see that thing coming, and like, that's ridiculous. I mean, it <laughs> looks, it, it's not right because you have to look at it twice when you see really big tires and a low roof line. You've seen so many trunks. You know, the three of us, you're not going to miss a truck if it comes the other way on the highway. And you can pick out a lot of the accessories. What I'm trying to do with a lot of these builds that you'll see consistently, play on the proportions that you're used to seeing. You know, so that's what drove Woe and the original Legend to be crazy. I mean, Legend had 50-inch tires and a JK with no lift and a chop top. <laughs> it was almost all those amazing. Things. Well, it was almost yeah. like the uh, off-road equivalent to like a, rot, a rat rod or something like that, like a really low like model, you know, A Ford that's slammed but has big tires, you know, big drag racing slicks on the back that were as high as like the roof line. Like this is the four-wheel drive equivalent of that, where the proportions are super wacky and it's stretched out, but the 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 overall height's really short, but the tires are like way higher in proportion than anything. You know, it's just, I don't recall seeing this. We're gonna have to post this. Yeah, we'll definitely I, post I, it. I need to see it. Are these, Greg? Are these napkin sketches of yours, or is it one of your designers that's got a screw loose and you're like, I love it, more of that? <laughs> or how does it? How do these come? No, about? I have to say these are 105 percent. Out of my crazy mind. <laughs> Congrats. Congrats. Keep it coming. And then, to the Mohawk and things, though, I've grown to just thrive on the haters. You know, technically, if you were just going back to the business sense, I mean, if you're like my marketing director, your job is to grow your social presence. You know, what content is going to drive the community to talk? When somebody posts a picture of an absolute sick Lamborghini, you know, it's got seven comments. You know, we post something with a mohawk, it's got 780 comments. Those comments are the things that drive those things viral. And, I mean, they're painful also, right? So you got to take it for what <laughs> yes. it is with the trolls. Yes, they can be but, painful, for sure. For sure. But you're right. It's the commentary I, that you need. Oh, I'm looking at the picture right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen that Jeep before. Yeah, that's ludicrous. You can't forget that. No, it's ludicrous. I love it. My fun twist on the haters out there. So, you know, we coined and patented the phrase grumper. Right. So a grill and bumper combination. So any hardcore wheeling person, they can't help it. They have to audibly go on record to all their peers (laughs) that they don't like a grumper. It's kind of like a a rite of passage. It's almost the equivalent of not knowing what a Dana 60 is. You have to also not like a grumper, or you lose your man card for jeeping, <laughs> or a YJ for that matter with square headlights, or no, you know, I'm on and on. I'm dying to know though, Greg, how many of these kits have you sold the grumper? Oh, I mean, maybe six, seven of them last year. I mean, I see why people talk so much smack about them. Nobody wants them. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's talk about because okay, guys... the fun part is all my competitors are those Jeep guys. So even though, if they knew how many we made, 
I don't think they could bring themselves to do it. <laughs> and, uh, here's the fun part. Because they're just so too cool now, for school. Though, they're just too cool for school. Or they're, they're, they're too rude. We've had this conversation before, which is they can't get out of their comfort zone. Well, it's funny because uh, it's funny you bring up the personalization of Jeep, right? Like, SEMA has said that Jeep Wrangler is the most personalized vehicle on the planet, period. More than Camaro, more than Mustang, more than pickup trucks, right? But there's uh, there's a level of hate that happens when somebody goes outside the box on theirs. And listen, there's, I'm not, I don't like the angry uh, bird grills, but I can appreciate that the grumper is so totally different and out there. Not my style, but I love watching the hate because I'm like, somebody did that because they thought it was cool and it's doing everything for his business he wanted, which is, you know who did it. Right. You know the name and you're on their website to find out more about why. And now you're going to find all the other things they make because, you know, Greg, you guys, obviously, you don't make just bumpers. You have a whole lineup of stuff now. And growing. Well, and you just nailed it. That's what I wanted to say is funny. So now you read through a 1,000 comments, 890 are going to be negative. But what cracks me up is when somebody's like, oh, my God, not another freaking grumper. I hate those things. <laughs> Bro, you just called it a grumper. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I already won. Yeah. How do you know that word? How creative that nomenclature? It's gonna be a Wikipedia. You thing. created oh, it yes. and you and you patented, registered, all that other like it is your word and some guy who is hating on you knows your word that one day you created on your own. Right. There has to be a level and, of and, satisfaction. And by the way, by the way, this is a guy who's following him on Instagram and Facebook. Right. right. The guy exactly. already, I hate you so much, I want to know everything you're doing. Yeah. I just I I, I yeah. hate it and no. No, that's a hate follow is what that hate is. Hate follow. Right? That's I love a hate it. follow. I love it. Exactly. <laughs> Stuff I hate, I don't know what it's called. Right. I just hate it. In my heart. <laughs> right. He loves it. He just wants to say he hates it. Keep the man card. One of the products that you guys uh, uh, debuted at SEMA this year is your open fender system, which allows 40s on full-size trucks like Super Duties without a, uh, without a lift. So talk to us about that a little bit. Insanity. And the beauty of that product, it has such a instant recognition like you can see what's happening very similar to the grumper or other like that is a, a transformative accessory but unlike our other polarizing parts that are pretty aesthetically diverse right so like a grumper it's going to do what it needs to it has zero approach angle and it holds a winch it's strong like it does all that but so do other bumpers. People buy a grumper because they think it looks cool. So it's really a subjective, emotional choice. Open fender is total utility to go with the look of the overall truck. And now I actually hope there's not that many people that follow your show. <laughs> but you know what? They won't do it anyways because it's too fringe and too risk. You both, I don't even have to ask, of course, owned lifted trucks for at least a decade, multiple, sure. probably yep, yes. half a dozen. And one thing is the same of all lifted trucks. And that is clearance. They suck. Yep. I mean, no, they're just terrible. Like you take <laughs> a great truck and you make it a less good truck, but it's <laughs> worth it every time. Cause it looks bad. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. True. And so what we've done, if you, I mean, you think about this, you cannot even fit a 40 inch tire on a truck. Like the only ones on 40s are at the SEMA show because you need a 10 to 12 inch lift 
the thing is sky high, floating over its wheel wells. I mean, those trucks are really show trucks at that point. Yeah, there's not even tires in the wheel wells at all. Right. Like the bottom of the no, body is like six cover. inches above no, the tire. No, I mean, that's, 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 he's talking about my truck, you know. I've yeah. got six inches at least between the yeah. tires and the, the bottom of the body, yeah. Which is still cool looking. Don't get me wrong. Like, I like that truck still. I think it's awesome. It does that, you know, crowd pleaser, you know, checking out the gas station. You get all that. I mean, every time, think about it. You go buy a brand new Longhorn Ram, and when you drive it home, you're like, Oh my god, so comfortable! Like, man, <laughs> why don't I leave it like this so I can just tow cross country? <laughs> nope. nope. And the nope. answer is, nope. Nope. you get out <laughs> and you look at it and you go, ah, oh, yep. no, nope. I can't have it like that. Nope. There's no way. I have a thirty-seven, <laughs> yep. and then you just fall down the trap, and next thing you know. Yeah, you have a 10-inch lift. Yeah, because i got to fit my 47s. Oh, now I need clearance. Oh, now I need a bumper. Oh, and you just go down the rabbit hole. And that's how and that's how all of us make our living, so it, it's totally fine. I turn it into the same old truck. But what we've done now is, and I think this is becoming kind of an expectation from Fab Fours. I do liken myself to what Jobs was doing at Apple. It's telling the customer what they want before they ever thought of it. And looking around corners. So we totally created a market for the Grumper. And we're the only ones in it. You know how Sprite called themselves the Uncola? Exactly. Yep. I would say that Fab Force Open Fender is the unsuspension. <laughs> so, I like yes, it. it is. You know, this may be the first public announcement that Fab Force is a suspension company. <laughs> even though we're never going to make a coil or a shock, or an A-arm. But a suspension's purpose is to fit bigger tires. Exactly. A, a suspension's job is not to make the entrance to the door higher. Because if that was true, the only purpose is for deep water fording. And I don't think anybody across the country with big list kits is driving through deep water. <laughs> nope. Because besides that, the only true lift is tire radius. That's what gets exactly. you ground clearance to get through a rut yep. deeper than the guy before you. The whole point of suspension lifts and the history of trucks was for one purpose, and that was to fit a, a bigger tire for the only purpose of the only way that you get more ground clearance is a taller tire. That right. is it. Correct. That is it. Not on my truck. Now, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not on my truck. So I am now fitting the biggest tire with the littlest lift. So how could that be wrong? I feel, feel right like to me, everybody's Greg. going to it want feels so I, right. I'm just going to say, you can't, don't steal my life. It feels so it right. feels so right. Listen, Greg, I think both of us have fallen in love with you, like in some kind of a weird <laughs> masculine way. No, but seriously, mad, mad respect for, for A, for the business acumen, for, for identifying the marketplace, for building a badass uh, tool for off-roaders and eye candy for 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 all of us for, you. for, for the kids and all of us. <laughs> yeah, I mean honestly, congratulations. I I, I truly do appreciate, appreciate it. it. Yeah. yeah. So kudos to you and and the guys at Fab Fours. Obviously, you know uh, Buckles and uh, McShane and all those guys. Uh, you got a great team over there, and it shows in in the company and the product. Awesome, man. Well, cool. we're in the process of doubling again, so keep watching. All right, all right. we'll do, man. Appreciate it. You're the man. Thanks, thanks, for, your thanks for carving out the time for us. You got it. You appreciate got it. it. Bye. Talk to you. Thanks, thanks. Greg. Bye. Mr. Holman, you ready for some What's New in Trucks? Let's do it. All right. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. 
what's new in trucks. We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? <laughs> What's wrong with us? Oh, man, that's that's just too much fun. Yeah. What's new in trucks, my friend? <laughs> oh, man. So uh, we had a lot of interesting news come out this week. So uh, Ford finally released the diesel F-150 fuel economy numbers. So we assume they're the two-wheel drive because, of course, they're going to send you the best numbers. Right. Um, but 22 uh, city, 30 highway, and 25 mixed, which Ford is saying is best in class. Although, because the truck wars never end, a representative Ram came back and said, hey, by the way, our truck, four-wheel drive... Not so fast! Yeah, yeah. Our four-wheel drive eco-diesel fuel economy right. is rated at 27, so we're the best in the 4x4, four four, so right. we'll, we'll see. But to have a full-size truck with that kind of capability be anywhere near 30 is pretty awesome. So uh, Ford... Uh, Ford F-150 diesel. It's got to be tough being in the marketing department of those companies, you know, when you're going head-to-head over one MPG, you know? I think they're having fun because you have... Oh, yeah, because you have to be creative enough to figure out the spin, and you have to be passionate enough to be that one guy who's going to email every journalist on the planet who got the Crosstown Rivals numbers to say, no, 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 right? <laughs> so I, I think yeah. it's pretty cool. But the uh, the power numbers on it are, are 250 horsepower, 440 torque. Also, the F-150 diesel comes with the 10-speed auto, whereas in the Ram Eco Diesel, it's 240, 420, you have the 8-speed. So Ford's really stepping up their game in the half-ton market. We talked last week with Tim Herrick from General Motors about the uh, the 3-liter diesel and right. the Silverado right. and the uh, Sierra. Uh, so, man, if you are in the market for a half-ton truck and you like diesels, it's about to rain presents because Christmas is coming. <laughs> a little early this year. A little indeed. early. And then uh, we've got the, speaking of diesels, we talked about the teaser that Chevy released a couple weeks ago of the 2020 Chevy Heavy Duty. Uh, we're finally starting to see spy photos of those in camo. You can check them out at trucktrend.com. And Tim would give us nothing on that thing. Nothing. He just we tried. stonewalled us. We tried. Yeah, we did. We tried. And uh, and so that's the new body style based off the 19 light duty, right? So that's the redesign of, of the heavy duty trucks. And then... Uh, Sticking with the diesel theme, Roush Performance uh, came out with a brand new Super Duty kit um, for the 18 um, F250, F350. Uh, more of an appearance package because obviously those trucks are making a ton of power, but they've got exhausts and trim, um, some interior bits. Just it kind of looks like their um, sort of their version of the Raptor with Roush across the grill. It's really mean looking, very aggressive, very cool looking truck. Wheels, tires, grill. Yeah, I saw that on trucktrend.com, by the way. Um, what uh, do we know? Do we have a price point on that? Yeah, so I believe that kit starts at just under uh, $14,000. Yeah, ouch. Okay. Yeah, All right. but, but I mean, with that truck, obviously, you're you're getting your full warranty. I mean, it's Roush. Uh, so, yeah, it's yeah, Roush. Right, I mean, it's, right. it's 100%, three-year, three 36,000 mile warranty. Um, a lot of dealers will sell and service, uh, you know, the Roush built vehicles. Usually, there's a serialized number and plaque. Am I buying that. that through my dealer, or am I going to Roush? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think you can buy that through your dealer. They have okay, like a dealer. So I'm work. sinking that into my payments. Absolutely. Yeah. Got so it. it's uh, the package starts at thirteen eight eighty, so fourteen thousand. Okay. You can get, you know, I'm sure you can make it as, as expensive as your wallet allows. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> and then uh, one last thing from the uh, the world of trucks is. As we all know, the new uh, Land Rover Defender is coming out. So there's a lot of cool stuff happening in that midsize space. The Bronco's coming out based on the Ranger platform. The uh, JT Scrambler Jeep pickup coming out based on the Wrangler platform. Well, uh, Land Rover just announced that it's working on a pickup truck variant for the new Defender that's coming out. Again, right in that midsize space. No idea if it's coming to America or not, but... That midsize, you know, just like the half-ton diesel wars, man, that midsize pickup space is about to explode. So pretty cool, uh, pretty cool week in the world of trucks. My gosh.
This is Mike. Mike, Lightning and Holman at the Truck Show Podcast. Scott, Mike. Hey, how are you, man? What's up, my brother? Just kicking it. I actually just got done working on my son's truck. Awesome. Well, we have a uh, we have a little intro for you. We got to play before we get into this. So, uh, Lightning, hit it. Welcome to the parts department. Screw, nut, filter, oil, grill, tools, wheels, tires, brakes, lights, gears, belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money? And then you wanna come back. So, Mike, <laughs> you are in the parts department, my friend. With some okay. seriously awesome parts. We got Mike Hamrick, events and promotions manager at Willwood Disc Brakes, one of our best friends. And the reason is because he's cool and we keep bumping into him at every single event we've gone to for the last 25 years. How long have you been there? I've been at Willwood for 16 years. 16 years. That's pretty. That's a pretty good I, run. I yeah. think Willwood is the kind of place that builds lifers because yeah. it's real it's real passion behind it. And we've got a lot of stuff to get to, Mike. First off, I want to thank you for the brakes on my truck. So I'm driving an 08 Silverado. It's lifted. And I don't think that th- there were two occasions when I think that I would have creamed the guy in front of me because my truck weighs 10,100 pounds. We put it on a, uh, on a scale not long ago. And I reduced my stopping distance by about 11 feet before and after we did a, we did a magazine article and we and we did about 25 different stops 60 to 0 but we were trimming on average around 11 feet off the stopping distance and there was one occasion i think i would have creamed a little honda accord had it not been for those brakes so thank you personally well and i will thank you personally because i have a 67 f100 that we're building with a uh, crown vic uh, front clip and all that done dynatrack rear axle and it's got willwoods at all four corners so um, whether it's uh, performance or, or necessity, you guys have something for everybody. And what we really wanted to talk about tonight is the fact that, you know, brakes are really an underserved part of the automotive aftermarket for trucks. And, you know, I think people think because there's these high reserve braking capacities, because these high cargo and tow limits and all that kind of stuff, when they put a bigger tire on, when they do all that, they have enough braking reserve. But the reality is, when they have that lifted truck with those big tires and those bumpers and armor and whatever else, and they hook the fifth wheel to the back, there's no braking reserve. And you guys are the ones that come to the rescue and make sure people have an appropriate amount of brake for the vehicles that they drive. And you guys have some awesome truck stuff out now. Yeah, we, we really do. You know, we've got a 2500 that we use back east for all of our East Coast trade shows. And that truck was out here for a long time, and I I claimed it as my own truck for a long time. (laughs) And once we put 20s on it and we put our 15-inch TX6 brakes on it, I could not believe how many stops. And that's what we're really trying to build into a brake system is the repeatability of the stops as well as trying to shorten up the distance. So with a good tire, and everybody's putting a good tire on their trucks nowadays if they're doing anything, any modifications – so with a good tire and you're adding all of that weight, like you said, lightning, you've got to make sure that you have the repeatability to stop it over and over and not saturate the system. So, yeah, the, there's a lot of good things that we're doing. Mike, mathematically, without going in and talking over people's heads, mathematically, if I add an extra 100 pounds per corner, on my car, what does that do to stopping? Which, distance? by the way, is just adding an upgraded wheel and tire package. That's exactly what I'm right? talking about. Exactly. Right, right. So I'm I'm going and I'm buying whether it's a forged wheel, maybe I'm going up to a 22, a 24, and I've got big like a set of Toyo MTs or Nitto or something like that. Dare I go to a 40? What does that do to my stopping distance? Because that's that that's or even your mass. stock brakes for that matter. Right. Think about this: if you've got a stock 
12 inch rotor on your truck and you put a 20 inch wheel instead of that 17 inch wheel where let's say it's uh uh one and a half to one rotations so that means that the rotor is going to turn one and a half times to the wheel spinning one time once you go to a 20 it's almost two to one then when you go to a 24, it may become two and a quarter to one. Wow. So, so a lot now, of leverage. A lot of leverage. You, yeah. And then that ro- basically the rotor is your radiator. So now you don't have enough, enough thermal capability and you saturate it very quickly, especially if you're towing a bunch of weight. So not only are you putting a bunch more rotation and unsprung weight on each corner of the truck, but on top of that, you're also really taxing the system. Yeah, let's talk about, so, that, so, I mean, you put all that heat into a factory rotor that was never designed to have that much rotating mass around it. It's now the essentially the heat sink, right? That's why rotors are are from the factory are, are cast iron because they can absorb a lot of heat. But you start getting into issues with your pads glazing. You start getting into issues with not being able to ga- off-gas the, uh, the chemical you know, that are coming out of all that heat, you're starting to boil, in some cases, your brake fluid. So now if you have bubbles in the system or you have, uh, you know, uh, your less effective uh, brake fluid because now you've boiled it or you've heated it beyond its, you know, temperature range or safe operating range, now you have a mushy pedal, you don't have bite, and you could do warped rotors. You could do permanent damage to your system after only doing that one time. So I approach the truck market exactly how I do the guys that are starting off doing track days in their sports car. They'll approach us and say, I got to have the biggest, baddest brakes. But what I try to, to educate them is, you know, if we put a good brake pad and a good brake fluid and even stay with your stock lines or upgrade your steel, your rubber lines to steel braided, you're going to have a much better experience. So that's where I'll start off people sometimes So guys will have a truck with a 17-inch stock wheel, and we may not have a brake system that's going to work inside their their wheel fitment. Usually 20 is is a magic number for us. So I'll start them off with some of our Pro Matrix brake pads and say our DOT 4 brake fluid. So it has a higher boiling, wet, and, and dry temperature. Just that alone helps the system. But once they get to a 20 inch wheel, it's almost a given that you need to start looking at doing a brake upgrade and then adding the brake upgrade to all of those other elements, you really end up with the right braking system. It's amazing, Mike, that people don't even ever consider the brake fluid. Brake fluid is brake fluid. And then, and then you see so many trucks that are lifted with big wheel and tire packages and these tiny little rotors by comparison. I mean, they looked fine when they were stock wheels and they could stop fine, you know, but I just, how do we get the word out that it's not safe to be driving with this with so much rotating mass? Well, I think I think shows just like this is is what is educating <laughs> okay, so a lot of people to out, do this. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you're you're literally doing that as we speak. And you know, another thing that I pride myself on being the events and promotions manager at Willwood is I do a lot of our shows. So we just got done doing. Uh, Texas Throwdown Fest. Which oh, yeah, is yeah, Lone, Lone Star, Star Throwdown. Throwdown. Yeah, Lone Star. I, I was there. Yeah, Lone I was there. Star. Yeah, yeah, it was neat. And my sales representative that, that was there, he said it was great because he was educating so many guys that were walking up and first saying, well, I just can't afford these brakes. 
then we looked at different packages that they actually realized, gosh, I've spent so much money on my truck. I didn't realize that I could afford the brakes. Well, and, and then and is there a price on safety for your family and not ruining well, the truck? No, but I, point I think what happened is that a bunch of years ago, there were other companies, some of their competitors that were really, really expensive. And I think that just kind of uh, stigmatized the brake industry that yeah. I, I could never well, afford those. But when you hear the price of like, I think they're the T6R, right? The big brake kit. Uh, yep. For full size trucks, they're reasonable. Based and they're, they're they're in many cases, the kit is less than one of your American Force wheels. Right. You know. Right. And, and, yes. And I I think that the other thing is you know, wheel designs and stuff are a little bit different now. There's a lot more there's a lot more open area to see the prettiness of brakes and calipers. Brakes have come a long way aesthetically. I think back in the day when you had a closed full face wheel and you couldn't see the brakes, people had a hard time buying. Or ah, spending... I don't care about brakes. I'm going to run a drum. Well, I no, I think they, <laughs> I think they couldn't see it. Right, like they they spent all that money and they couldn't see it. They couldn't appreciate it. it. Didn't add aesthetically to the truck. Whereas today, that's totally different with high strength, you know, metal and forged wheels and and more voids in the wheels. You can see the brake and rotor packages. And I think aesthetically, they're a lot more pleasing than they used to be. But before, I think there's a stigma around brakes. It's a dirty part. It's a part I don't see. How can I spend that much money? The reality is you will feel it and use it every single time you drive the vehicle. And by the way, you guys offer, I think you're one of the first, if not the first, to offer a rainbow of colors. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's true. It's like Skittles. Yeah, a ton of colors. Yeah, Skittles. Skittles, yeah. And, and I was one of the guys that said, listen, we need to come up with a program for that because We've got so many people that are, are spending money on these trucks, and, and you're right. The wheels are a forging, so they're a lot stronger, so you can make it so that you can see the brakes. So a lot of people want to make sure that they're, hey, listen, I'm going to pay this much money for these brakes. I want them to look the way I want them to look. So we've got up to 24 different colors that, that really help you offset that. 24 colors. You really can't taste the rainbow. Yeah, no, that is wood. a lot. <laughs> Skittle box. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have a question for you. In the 80s, in the 90s, vehicle brakes were fairly awful, especially on trucks. Uh, a lot of the OE original manu- equipment manufacturers were known for spongy pedals and known for not having great brakes. The brake technology and the money and resource and R&D that the OEs have started putting into their vehicles is huge compared to what it used to be. In fact, the new 19 Ram 1500 has 14.8-inch rotors on it. Uh, I think those are in the rear, 14.9 in the front or something. And the Titan has a 14-inch, I think 13.8 or 14.2, something like that. What does that do for the business when the OE vehicles are starting to come out with such a strong product? Or is that better because since they have wheels to fit it and they have the brake lines and all that, you can upgrade more easily because less parts of the brake system have to be touched? Well, I, what I hope doesn't, well, I hope his answer is not what happened to the car stereo industry. You know what I mean? True. Who's, who's hurting because of that? Yeah. You know, what it comes down to is technology. A lot of people in racing, especially like short, short track, uh, off road racing, short course stuff. For a long time, they didn't really think about brakes. But over the last 10 years, brakes have become a big deal because the technology and the tire got better. That meant that the brake companies needed to step up and do something about it. And and I feel that we did in a lot of places. Well, the same thing with the OEs. They've also got a lot more technology at their fingertips than I believe they did in the 80s or the 90s. And they've also got a much more savvy person that's purchasing these vehicles. So they're looking for better performance, 
And I think that the OEs really look at it and say, gosh, you know, there's a lot of places that we can probably improve upon. Now, over, let's say, a good example, we've got a bone stock 2017 F-150, and it's got the 20-inch wheels straight from Ford on it. Yep. And we really want to do some testing. So I literally brought that truck in today and started putting brakes on it. So it's one of our TX6 systems. And the factory rotor, I haven't gotten it off the truck and measured yet, but I want to say it's at least 12 and a half or 13 inch rotor. And it, and it's a very stout part. But the big difference that we're building into our brake systems is a two-piece hat rotor. So we've got a forged aluminum hat that the rotor is attached to, so it's dissipating a lot of the heat that you'll typically build up in those factory-type rotors that are one-piece and you're transmitting all of that temperature into the bearing. So especially on like a four-wheel drive, that's not so good. Well, and everything's a unibearing um, today too, right? So it's a non-serviceable yeah. part. So, you, you know, they're designed to last 100,000 miles. You don't want to be cooking those. And I, and I checked, Mike, the, uh, the F-150 has a 13.8-inch uh, rotor in the front and a 13.7 in the rear. I mean, that's a lot of brakes. That's a lot of brakes. It is from the factory. But on a 20-inch yeah. wheel, there's room for more. Like you said, you just put the T, you, you put your uh, your T6. Yeah, I know. All the acronyms are <laughs> Sorry about it's that. It's the TX6. The TX6. So the system yeah. that we're going to put on is a 15-and-a-half-inch by inch and three-eighths rotor. Wow. wow. And, and there's plenty yeah. of room in that 20-inch wheel, right? You know, I was actually surprised today when I mocked it up. I went, wow. Okay, we've we've got like a good half-inch on the radius that we could still go out. See, we could put a 16-inch rotor in it easy. That's what's amazing, and, and what I was trying to get to earlier is when the manufacturers are packaging their bigger brake system and they have a bigger wheel, that helps you out because no longer is it a wheel and tire package and brake mm-hmm. package to get into a wheel with brakes. Now it's just brakes, which I think makes the barrier to entry a lot lower than if you would have to get all new wheels to fit the brakes and tires. For that yeah, and it's, and it's because they're listening. You know, they realize that these people, they want to, perf- they want better performance. A truck from the, from now is, I mean, light years ahead of any of those trucks in the 80s and 90s. We started the show listening to some of the commercials from the <laughs> 80s, and there are a lot of things that we're light years ahead on. <laughs> That's true. So another big thing that people don't realize is a lot of the OEM brakes are floating calipers. And if people aren't aware of what that means is you've got a caliper that has pistons only on one side. So as you depress your foot on the brake pedal, it pushes on the inboard side of the rotor and then pulls the anvil or the outboard part of the caliper towards itself. So you've got a bunch of compliance built into that system. And does it work fine? Totally works great. But what we're over at Willwood trying to do is we're using a fixed mount caliper, so there's equal amount of clamping force on both faces of the rotor, and the caliper doesn't move side to side. It's fixed. So when you depress your foot on the pedal, there's less compliance in the brake pedal, so the brake pedal feel is much better. Yeah, you're adding so structure, of- essentially structure to the braking system where your feedback isn't a part moving. Your feedback is the pistons grabbing the rotor rather than ha- or uh, the rotor rather than having half the caliper sliding over. And by the way, I like how Mike used the word compliance and we called it mushy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I'm explaining it to someone, I'll walk over to like a hard surface and go, okay, there's no compliance there. But right. then I'll go up and I'll push on their arm and I hope he's not some guy that's like six foot four and <laughs> like Muhammad Ali back in the day. 
but I'll push on his arm and I said, that, there's compliance. Do you understand what the difference is? And they go, wow, I didn't even think about that. But being around brakes for so long, and especially a lot of race cars, that's where the technology really comes into play. And where that pedal feel, like I said, that, tw- that 2012 2500 that, that I called my truck for a long time, um, it had our TX6 brakes on all four corners. Uh, 15 inch rotors on the rear, 15 and a half in the front. And I felt that that truck stopped better than our Mustang that we built for going out to the track with. No wow. kidding. No kidding. Yeah. So what's yeah. your number one advice to somebody who comes to you with a truck and is interested in a brake system? What's the first thing you tell them? And then how do you make sure that they appropriately choose the brakes for their need. I know we talked about it a little bit earlier, but what's that kind of what's that kind of discussion that you have? Because I know we have a lot of listeners who maybe didn't even consider aftermarket brakes before who are going, you know what? I, I want to know more. Well, I, I want Mike to tell me how to figure out what my needs are and how to get into an aftermarket brake system. So the very first thing that we'll ask, and not just in this marketplace, but across the board, is what are you going to do with your car? What are you going to do with your truck? And if you come back and say, you know what, I go out to Glamis three, four times a year. I'm out to the desert riding motorcycles and I'm towing around our fifth wheel. I use it a lot for work and I'm towing stuff constantly. The first thing I'll say is, how has your experience been? And nine times out of ten, they have to kind of step back and, and go, well, let me think about it. And then they always give me the experiences that were bad. I was going down to the Cohone grade with, you know, my truck and trailer completely filled for a weekend riding. And by the time I got to the bottom of the hill, I had no brakes. Well, okay. What size wheel do you have? Well, I've got stock wheels. Okay. So a couple things we have to look at if you want to do any brake upgrades is first, we need to look at going to a larger wheel so that we can put a larger rotor in it for more capacity. But once we build this capacity into it, you're going to realize that you've got a much better braking system than what you've got now. So what we try to do is not so much tell them what they should or have to buy, but explain to them why these upgrades are going to be crucial. And, you know, it's, a, it's also a testimony over to all of the tire manufacturers. Get yourself a decent tire. Just don't go buy a 500 treadwear tire. Go buy a decent tire for the truck. Enjoy your experience driving the truck. Because that's what, at the end of it, that's what we're trying to do is explain to them, listen, you're going to have a much better time driving your vehicle. Those are things that we ask first. Um, the looks, to me, are really secondary. Uh, we we try to... Not to, to me, buddy. Every- not to me, buddy. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. No, I no. love a pretty brake system. I mean, <laughs> let's, come on now. I mean, let's, you wouldn't offer the Skittle rainbow of colors if they, they weren't, you know, high on the oh, priority yeah. list for people. But you, Mike, Will would spend a lot of time developing the TX6. Uh, right. That's yeah. that's the one for the Mexican military, basically, right? The guys who are going oh. up in the, in the mountains to, to get the drug lords and... On the way back down on these armored trucks, they realized they couldn't stop, and they were going off the side of the, these windy dirt roads. Well, it's not just down in Mexico. It, w- it was worldwide. Stick and with it my story, worldwide. buddy. Stick with my story. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about Willwood is we have our proprietary side, and that's what we're talking about tonight. But we also have our OEM side. 
And what we learn with the OEMs, which are the military, a lot of the like border patrol vehicles, we get so much feedback from those from those different sanctioning bodies about what's working, what's not working, that when we introduced the new TX6 brake system three, four years ago, we had already gathered so much data that I really feel that we were ahead of the game. And let's be honest, um, those guys are not easy on brakes. No. <laughs> you and have my, a 20-year-old no. kid driving and, a Mexican uh, you know, military cargo truck or a Border Patrol agent hauling ass to the desert to try and, and you know, you know, get to where he needs to go. Um, they they are overloaded. They are towing things, and they are in harsh environments. And by the way, they have the money to buy something good if there were something on the market that would stop them. And talking to Mike and and Steve, the the GM at Willwood, there was nothing, and they they rescued these guys basically with this product. Yeah. So a lot of the vehicles that we outfit with brakes are actually um, bulletproof vehicles. Yeah, get a you lot know, of like weight a, on those armored vehicles. A lot of weight. Armored vehicles. Yeah. So a lot of the armored vehicles, I mean, you, you're putting fifteen thousand pounds of extra armor on these on these trucks. By the way, that's and one SUVs. and a half of Lightning's truck. <laughs> yeah, <it is>. yeah. <laughs> that's where we really learned a lot. Um, so our OE group just gathered so much data, getting parts back, putting them on our dyno, testing them, that. When we introduced this new market, um, which we've been in the truck market for a good 10 years, 12 years, but with the new TX6, we we really had our ducks in a row, and, and we knew what we were looking to achieve as far as a, an upgraded brake system. Well, I think basically, Mike, we just called a fawn over you. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. let's be honest. That's it's Mike is at every show I'm at. Yeah. I don't know how he can have a family or friends with his <laughs> schedule. But well, you got to remind me of that. <laughs> Mike, hey, thank, thank you. you so much, guys. Yeah, thank yeah. you very much. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. Anytime. We'll Take talk, it easy. We'll talk to you again soon. Holman, I feel like it's inbox time. You ready? All right. Some email? Some email. All right. You email oh, yeah. yeah. I email uh-huh. to do it. I'm dancing. Everybody email. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody emails. <laughs> Although we can always use more emails at truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. So keep them or coming. We'll, or we'll take commentary on the Facebook. You yeah, know. absolutely. Facebook or uh, Instagram. Reviews. Instagrams as well. Instagrams. What the hell? <laughs> it's, it's Instagram. You just said Instagram. No, I said the Instagram. Well, I said, hold on. I, I was worse because I said the Facebook. <laughs> yeah, well, what am I, 11 uh, What well, happened there? 11 okay. Well, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm driving home after this back to the OC. So yeah. it's just. The OC. Wow. Um, go, go us. By so, the way, <laughs> we, we have this ongoing promise to reduce suckage. Yeah. No, right now suckage is overflowing. Well, hold on because we actually have an email where somebody okay. says the suckage was reduced. I don't believe him. I think he just wanted to get red on the air. Well, I'm saying it but, might have been reduced in the last one. We had Tim Herrick and some <laughs> higher, some muckety mucks. This one, this this show is just, I don't know, it's going sideways. Well, Austin uh, sent us an email. He says, hey, Lightning and Holman, first off, got to say love the show, even all the jingles. Hey! Oh, what? <laughs> you guys have covered some awesome stuff in your seven episodes so far, so I thought I'd throw you guys an idea on some folks to call up next. There's a company here in Denver about an hour south of me called Defco Trucks. These guys build the most badass F-350s. They call them BA-350s. Didn't know if you had heard of them or not, so I figured I'd let you know about them. That, and I'm a big Ford guy, so more Ford stuff is awesome. Keep up the awesome podcast, dudes. Oh, thank you. Very kind. We appreciate that. 
Well, right on. You know, we're uh, we're always looking for uh, for cool things to talk about. So we will add that to the wheel of talking about stuff on the podcast. We don't have a idea. wheel that we spin. No, no? you're making stuff That's up. That's something now. else, isn't no. it? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, By the way. All right, and uh, RB, who uh, you may remember him as Popeye. Uh, sent us a, another great email. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but he says, Hello, Lightning and Holman. The interview with Tim Herrick was great. Nice to hear from such a capable, humble person who truly recognizes the value of his team and supports them to the hilt. Definitely rare in the top management, so props to Mr. Herrick for his great attitude. I'm sure you plan to give equal time to Tim's counterparts at Ram, Ford, Nissan, and Toyota, right? These interviews you all have are like once-in-a-lifetime opportunities for us minions. Uh, that's awesome, right? And by the way, we will have someone yeah. from all of those companies. Well, think about it. so far we've had uh, we've had Ram, we've mm-hmm. had Nissan, we've had General Motors. So we're working on Toyota and Ford, and then we've got other people within the co- those companies that we'd like to have come on as well. So yeah, we're we're definitely going to be talking to everybody, and uh, we'll we'll keep that going. All right, and then the uh, the last email for the show today is uh, from Raf, and he says. Um, I used to ride quads in the desert, a Banshee 350 twin, but age and growing family life pushed me to search for a more family-friendly and safe alternative. This kind of puts me contemplating sand rails, side-by-sides, and Jeep and buggy-style vehicles. I wanted something a little more useful than a dedicated sand rail, and well, to be honest, I didn't want to spend sixteen to 20000 on a four-seat side-by-side like my friends were spending. So I found me an 88 Suzuki Samurai for less than 800 bucks running. <laughs> I figured I could put some money into that and have something not only off-road legal, but, or excuse me, I figured I could put some money into that and have something not only road legal, but small enough to go on trails and dunes where my friends and side-by-sides go. Before I start dumping a lot of money in the project, what do you think? Would love to hear your guys' perspective. So here's the deal. Um, yes, all day long. Uh, you, It's a Suzuki Samurai. They're super capable. They're a hell of a lot of fun. And you won't be sinking a lot of money into it because they're pretty cheap. So um, honestly, I t- here's the deal with side-by-sides. If you have a side-by-side, you spend a ton of money. And then you got to get a trailer, and then you got to get a tow rig, and you're into it for multiples. If you have something, you know, this, uh, Samurai's the side of old flat fender Jeep, go get it running, throw like some 31s on it, and go do anything you want to do. They're a ton of fun. 100%. Because you can drive it to the spot where you off-road Oh, it. and they're tiny. I mean, yeah. you can't fit a Wrangler JK or a full-size pickup truck in the trees of, let's say, the Carolinas or the forests of Oregon or whatever. You can do that with a Samurai. You know, not... We're spoiled because we have wide open desert. We haul ass. We get to do all the fun things. Well, there's people obviously in places in the country where you can't do that, and the Samurai is perfect for that. So there's a ton of guys out there. Check out fourwheeler.com for some ideas. We have some Samurai tech on there, but 100% thumbs up from Samurai from me. tech. <laughs> samurai tech. So thanks again for sending in all your uh, emails. Once again, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com or at truckshowpodcast on Facebook or Instagram. Faux show. Ryan, pull that over in front of your face there. That guy. Okay. Yep. This guy right here. That guy. Everything in this radio studio is shaky at best. Yeah. There oh, are uh, ask who welded the, the the engineers have been fired. It's like rats <laughs> are eating the upholstery. It's it's nasty. I actually here. have cockroaches on my legs right now as we speak. <laughs> yes, you do. Is there a stray cat walking through the halls here? All right. So in the studio we have Mr. Ryan Kibby, founder of Kibby Tech. But before you're allowed to say anything, we have an intro for you. Ready? No, you're not ready. But no. here we go anyway. Man, that hurts my throat. <laughs> See, because <laughs> Ryan Kibbe is an innovator, I think, in the off-road industry. And as it turns out, also a motorator. A motorator. <laughs> 
In both. In both. <laughs> Ryan Kibbe of Kibbe Tech. You can find him at kibbetech.com. It's K-I-B-B-E if you're looking for it. You have risen to fame really quick, my young friend, my young Padawan. Have I? I, I think so. <laughs> I mean, don't you feel like it? I mean, you were you were building trucks in Newberry Park, doing your own thing, and I feel like now everyone who's into pre-runners knows who you are. Which Newberry and, Park is basically like... Um, the Mars of Los Angeles, right? Like it's <laughs> right. Like way it's out somewhere there. between LA and Santa Barbara, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's out there in the hills. Yeah, it's a nice area. What do you What do you attribute that that growth, Ryan? To is it is it um, there was a famous truck that you built? Dune Whore was, uh, I think, the Instagram handle. There was your yeah. insane TIG welding skills. Was it your fight with Jesse James? Like what What was the one? What was the impetus to your rise to fame here? And the ki- the reason we all know the Kibbe Tech logo with its little swoosh around the K. Um, I think it was a combination of everything. The trucks and the welding and then all the Harley stuff I did back in the day. I think it all kind of just, and that's right when Instagram started being like cool or whatever. I think I was like the last one to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> used it, just it well. Worked, yeah. So you let's let's talk about some of these things because we're going to talk about your luxury pre-runners. I mean, that's what kind of was that? Did that term exist before you? Luxury uh, yeah. pre-runner. Yeah, there's, there's people really? doing it, but I think uh, I yeah. think what Ryan's done is kind of take them to making them super user friendly because I think luxury pre-runners before sort of had custom interiors and and you know had a lot of a lot of custom work. Well, Ryan was able to make a badass truck and really keep a lot of the interior of the stock truck intact. You know, you have your seats and your safety cages and all that, but the dashboard's still there. And the yeah. gauges are still there, and the things that you know, if you were to you so know. so what so they were around, but we didn't know it until Ryan posted it on Instagram. I mean, that's <laughs> that's the reality. Yeah, the, pre, re- I mean, real pre-runners have been around for forever, but not too many people took like a stock truck, say off the lot from Chevy, and then put that amount of work into something like that to make it into like a luxury-ish pre-runner. Guys so were driving brand new twenty-five hundred HDs to your shop with. 12 miles on them, right? And just dismantling them. Yeah, that's always fun. And that's covered under warranty, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like right now we have a brand new Colorado in there. It had like 1,200 miles on it or something. Just cut it all apart, everything front and rear. Now, are you like, um, do you get a kind of a sadistic uh, thrill out of cutting a brand new, or are you like, Oh, I love it. Oh, you do? Okay. Do you say Usually I try to like go out in the street and do a Shit ton of burnouts before <laughs> right. I do it. Try to blow up the rear end and just nice. blow the tires off and then just start cutting it apart. Do not fear the sawzall, my friends. Yeah. That is, he I remember doesn't. the very first time when I had my first pre runner, actually, my second one that I built um, was a, a 2002 Ranger FX4 Level 2. It was a known as Project Range Runner at four wheeler, uh, four liter stick. Had Bill Stein 9100s front and rear, 14 inches of travel with the four-wheel drive, 17 in the rear. I mean, it was a badass truck. Nice. I remember the first time that I cut the inner uh, the inner fenders so that I could flare my own bed. Did you cry? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> you wept. I went, on, I went on this weird thing called the internet that was sort of just starting, you know, and was 
trying to figure out through pictures. Like I didn't how, have that when I built my first Yeah, pack. right? <laughs> Bottle jacks and sawzalls yep. and, you know, trying to, you know, yeah. separate. Oh, man. Well, what's the I guy doing the what? Yeah, what's Flare in the beds. Flare in the like, beds, yeah. You're, I did that on my first Your heater strap. Like 17. Yeah, and you're, you go to Home Depot and get all the hardware that is not <laughs> coded for automotive or anything, all rust in the Self-tapping year. Self-tapping screws. Self-tapping screws. You're, yeah, just. <laughs> I like it to me because I follow, like, supercars and stuff. Like, what was the dude that, uh, you know, they were uh, chopping the fenders off and going super wide body, the huh? plastic fenders. Japanese, and he cuts, and he wide bodies Lamborghinis and Ferraris, and he takes a sawzall. He just takes oh, painter's tape, um, and he goes, shh, puts it right across, and he goes, Liberty Walk? Liberty Walk, thank you! Liberty Walk, yes. Yeah. Did yeah, you see the Jeep that ran into him at SEMA? I did indeed, yes. Was that Ouch. one of you guys? It was not, F you. It was not <laughs> one of me. Nah, no, he wouldn't be us. dead in a Jeep. He's in a brodozer, so. That, that <laughs> yeah, that, he, by the way, I, 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 when know, we were I saw taking, a Jeep in the parking lot. That was, that that, that's mine. That's his, yeah, that's <laughs> his. Did you see what was under it? Tires? Uh, that, that too. <laughs> what? My Mini Cooper? No, no, no. Well, no. <laughs> wait, wait. Sorry when a, I opened my door. Mini Cooper? I have a lowered Mini Cooper, yeah, in addition to my big truck. I like it. <laughs> you extremes. park it under your big truck? <laughs> I park it in the bed yeah. of the big truck. The, the street in front of his house actually looks like a truck show, right? There's a, there's a uh, tall truck like in the, the same roof rack on the Mini Cooper as your truck. I really could. I really could. Yeah, I've got a uh, prototype set of uh, bolt on uh, Bilstein. 8112 bypass shocks for JK. It's pretty badass. Ooh, yeah, 2-2 two nice. two bypass, and it's all rubber bushed and everything, and so there's no squeaks, no rattles, no clicking. Freaking hauls ass. Dial my rebound so you don't get the pogoing that the yeah. Wranglers get from the rear end unloading. Are we going to go wheeling like this weekend? I like the bypass click noise, though. I like uh, that bypass the, click. The bypass click? Yeah, click, like click. That. Well, that's because you know you're that alive. customers call me, hey, my truck's clicking really bad. <laughs> well, you have bypasses yeah. now. <laughs> oh, my, my wife was complaining. It was making so much noise. I was like, oh, it's a little midget in the back tap, <laughs> tapping your cage with a wrench. That's with the a sound wrench. of performance, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I took my truck up to Ryan's shop because I was thinking about putting like a mid-travel on it. And it yeah. would, would be insane because it's not usable. It was just going to be for yeah, aesthetic. Are do that? Because what's that? I thought you lost my number. No, oh, no, 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 no. He I found it when he needed of, you for an interview, though. Oh, I was, honestly, uh, so here's the deal. I was thinking about selling it, and I'm not the guy who does mods and gets free parts, expensive ones at that, what and labor. What's that? What are, what, what are mods? And it's like the new, the new term for mod. working on your vehicle. Mods? No, mod is from like the 80s. Are you bringing I, it back? You're bringing it back? Full yeah, I, yeah, groovy. Is it rad? Else. Yeah, it is rad. rad. Are you bringing yeah, rad, rad mods? I say rad all the time. Yeah, yeah it's We rad. had this discussion. He tells me that rad's his word. I'm like, no, 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 rad's my word. And I actually used rad in an episode before. I'm like, no, I already claimed it on the I'm, show. No, F you, because I'm older than you. It and if matter. I say rad's no. mine, it's mine. Yeah, Get over my, it. My work is published, and I put rad in my work. My, so that my means. Work's Google freaking Lightning K Rock and see how many articles come up with rad in them. I bet it's more than you. With rad in it? Yes. You might be right. Yeah. I'm telling you. All right. I so what I wanted to say is I drive my bro dozer over to Ryan's shop and he could have obliterated me on social and he was very gentle about it. He's well, like in your face. No, no. I mean, I, I wasn't gentle in his face. No, no. He was straight up. He was straight up. He's like, but he was cool and he could have just demolished me. And it's like this is not my cup of tea. But on social, he posted a picture. He's like, hey, it's not my style, but good craftsmanship. Which, by the way, for this mother effer to say, meant a lot to me. The roof rack and all the other in my in well, my stainless steel cool bumpers and all that steel, stuff. I will agree. The stainless steel. There's stuff There's amazing your truck is very TIG welding nice. on my truck, agree. which I which I a was I left. Uh, yeah, no, I left going, hey, I he oh, okay, yeah. like. It's like the king kind of, he didn't anoint me, well, but he's like. That was the mushroom stamp. Let's be honest. Right? <laughs> if, you, if you follow Ryan on social, you pretty much know that he says how it is. 
Right? Absolutely. Like, if like, you were my friend in real life, you would still say way. how it is. Yes. <laughs> you were at the very I feel beginning. Like everyone needs to be like that. And then there's no surprises ever. Yeah. See, there you go. I mean, you you're one of the the heroes. I don't want to say just of Instagram because that's not fair. But you but you are kind of one of the heroes of Instagram because you just say it how it is, and you get respect for that. And it's not always um, it's not always appropriate. But people like I love I I believe him. I believe it because yeah. he's committed to what he believes in, and you get fans that way. And you were one of the first with not one of the first, but you were you owned like the TIG only hashtag. Yeah. Your if your you look TIG back work, on that I started it. Did you really? Yeah. You started the TIG only is it TIG only or TIG only shop? TIG only shop. All right, there you go. And it's a massive hashtag now. Now everyone's ripped you yeah. off. Everyone's part of that <laughs> game now. But yeah. how did that how did you start? Your father owned was it a steel distribution like a company? A sheet metal shop. A sheet metal shop. Yeah. He had like press breaks and shears and turret punches and all that stuff. Ooh, he still you can does. do a lot of cool stuff in there. Yeah, I remember the first time I was in a shop that had a bunch of tools and stuff. Uh, I remember actually back in auto shop in high school, we finally got our first uh, plasma cutter in our in our wire feed welder. Nice. So you know we're in high school with like this new equipment. We were like welding brake rotors to the side of cars in the parking lot, and stuff like that, <laughs> just because it was fun, you know. Right, I mean, right. That's a lot of you know equipment that you can do a lot yeah. of cool stuff with, just yeah, messing around. Where Ryan, where did it start? Because you know your dad's got this shop, and you could have gone on to be a doctor, a lawyer, you know, whatever you wanted to do. You're smart enough, but yeah. you said uh, you went into this F arena. F school <laughs> is that what happened? <laughs> right. So yeah. you, uh, I, I blew off college, so now I got to do something with my hands. Yeah. Exactly. Um. Basically started out, grew up riding dirt bikes, you know, like most people, and that turned into got old enough, needed a truck so I could put my own dirt bike in there and, you know, take myself to the desert. And then that turned, before I even got my license, I started building my first truck, which is a Dodge Dakota that I got from a family friend for like a thousand bucks. He crashed it or something, so he'd like straighten the frame, fixed everything, then ended up putting A-arms on it, bumper, fenders, and then... I eventually built my own long travel kit on that truck. Were no you known as the Dakota no guy clue. for a while? Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but you said no, no one had one. You, but you're like, no clue. I mean, was the geometry right? Like, what did you yeah, I mean, have I to do? put everything on? on, and the tires were straight, and the camber was right, and Sweet. it drove straight down the road, and it cycled up and down. Mission accomplished. It, the front end never broke. So, I mean, it, it worked. We had a, a And then guy. I started to learn more, and then I just... I went to high school yeah. in the mid-90s, and that's when two-wheel drive long travel kits were very, very, very just starting. And I went to Huntington Beach, which Southern California, Orange County, was a hotbed of two-wheel drive pre-runners, right? Yeah. The fab techs of the world had started doing bent beams and things like that, but this was the first time we ever saw a custom fab kit, and there was a, a guy who was building full Ranger front suspensions. I remember one of our buddies got it on his truck, and he went off-roading the oil fields behind and was jumping it. And, you know, we're 15, 16, 17 going, yeah. dude, oh, you know, we've never seen yeah. trucks through the That's air. That's all you want to do when you're that young. Absolutely. You just want to jump. You oh. don't even want it to perform through like a whoop We don't care about anything. that. We, we knew every cross ditch through. and every crowned road in town where we could get air. <laughs> yeah. And we had videos and pictures. And, and I'm, I'm just thankful that iPhones and, and YouTube wasn't really around then because we would be in a yeah. lot of trouble. But Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I remember Everywhere. he was out jumping his truck and we're, you know, we were messing around the oil fields during our lunch break. And he hit a berm short and ripped the entire front end off his Ranger. Oh. And we all went, oh, dude, bell's ringing. Got to go. And we, we left Later. him. We were the biggest a-holes. We left him to just fend for himself, man. Came back to school. 
Truck's on a flatbed. Dad's pissed. He's just looking at us like, what a bunch of dicks. And we're like, sorry. <laughs> and so how are you guys today? I don't know where it's happened to him. <laughs> you just ditched Never him Never saw life. him after that day. Yeah, ditched that him weird. in life. I love that. <laughs> Ryan, I know you've been asked to death about, death about this, but people, you know, there's rumors. What happened with the Jesse thing? Like, Jesse James, like, how did that transpire? Were you were you truly <laughs> mocking him and his welding skills? No, not at all. You were not. You're He's Ryan an excellent sack. craftsman, like, at everything I, he does. Now you say that. You didn't say that then. <laughs> what what happened? Listen, I, I know Jesse as well. Like, we got but, one uh, of his trucks in the shop right now. I know. So that's what I'm getting yeah. at is that, you know, you you didn't know him. Now you know him. How did that transpire? Um, well, the first thing that you were talking about is someone was, I don't even remember what post it was. It was something. And I was like, oh, at, you know, on Instagram, like at Popa Welding doesn't post welds or something like that. And like three seconds later was coming to back just you <laughs> he, like, but oh, he's right. on instagram like a hawk you cannot get anything by jesse yeah. you cannot mention him he's got eyes in the back of his head that's connected with a cell phone like he i, I don't even know how he is aware he's hyper aware of yeah. all the mentions it's pretty funny like the other day i was reading something someone commented something stupid and he commented right back he was like hey how about you go f- yourself <laughs> and that was it and i love that i, I used don't, to see him at a starbucks by i want to do that like every day I'm, people's comments but i'm a little i'm you're, takes, you're busy it working it takes time yeah, <laughs> yeah right. it takes time you're earning a living so yeah that whole thing happened then so I saw that, that happened he bought, yeah so that happened <laughs> so he bought a i think it's a 96 or 95 f-150 that fabtech actually built like when the truck was brand new so he bought that and then he saw a couple f-150s that i was building so he dm'd me just like hey call me so at that point, I was, was like, he? Wait, wait, were, were you like, hey, I wonder what was going through his head? Like, hey, he was smack talking me now, like, and now I want him to build my truck. I wonder how that. I wonder, was, did you wonder what was, was going like, through his head. Did you think it was like being called in the principal's office? You're like, uh oh. Yeah, I got like nervous for a second. I was like, holy. <laughs> I like sat on it for like a day. I was like, right, I should probably call him. Yeah. I, hey, it's just like dating. You can't look too eager. Hey, yeah. man, I'm busy. I'll call you back on my on my time. Dude, because he's got that thing wired. I mean, there's all kinds of stories about Jesse not building bikes for people, and that just, you know, further rocketed his his stardom. Because yeah. you're like, he, when he turned down Fred Durst, he wouldn't, you know, build Fred Durst a bike. You know, Fred Durst of Limp Bizkit. He's like, no. I wouldn't nah. build him a bike either. He's like, he's like screw, <laughs> screw, screw that guy. But you know what? A lot of guys are like, oh, he's famous. So I'm going to build him a bike. He's like, no, you're lame. I'm not going to touch a bike <laughs> yeah. for you, you know? And, and, and that built- my brand. But he knew that that would that was a that was a great business decision for him for for multiple reasons. And you've done that same thing. You turned down kooks. Yeah, is kooks a word anymore? Yeah, yeah it's a I word. love I love calling people kooks. I love yeah, it. it's okay. the best because people are like, huh? What's a kook? What's a kook? <laughs> yeah, what's a kook? <laughs> I mean, it, I was a surf term right in Southern California. Yeah, no, I don't yeah, if you're in the Midwest, I'm sure you, you know what a kook is. Kook of the day. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. So now you're building Jesse's trucks. You built yeah. a couple of them. Right? Just the, the one, the F-150. The F-150. Yeah, going through that, rebuilding it, cleaning it up, and okay. doing a bunch of other stuff. So did he just, he, did he destroy it, he ran the piss out of it, and then brought it back to you, or what happened? Uh, no, he just uh, bought it, drove it like twice, and then said, hey, I want to rebuild this thing. And just hit you and said, do it. Yeah. Did he give you, do you have a timeline? Because you've had it for a minute. Um, yeah, actually, I talked to him this morning, and he says he needs it for a couple things coming up, so I'm going to try to get it done in the next couple weeks. And what all are you doing to it? Because we're going to see um, it, I'm sure, splashed over social yeah. media here oh, shortly. Yeah. So basically, we took the thing, all the suspension apart, front to rear, and rebuilt everything new. Is it a beam truck? Yeah, it's an I-beam truck. Uh, nine inch in the back or 8.8? Uh, eight eight? It's got an 8.8, eight, yeah. I think, in it. 
But uh, built a new bed cage for it. Stripped the frame was just all rust, so we cleaned it up, painted it, took all the suspension off, got it all powder coated, new bolts, hardware, time joints, uniballs, just everything. Tightened brand it up. new, new yeah. wheels, tires. King took the shocks, coated them all black and gold, cleaned them up. We put new bump stops front and rear, new fuel cell because the bladder had a hole in it because it's a 20-year-old bladder, so you'd, like, poke your finger right through the cell. (laughs) (laughs) New bed cage and a bunch of new wiring and navigation stuff, seats, center console. Nice. Just pretty much just went through it and just cleaned it up. And you're doing it all in-house, right? Yeah. Okay. How big is your shop? Uh, sixty five hundred square feet. That's that's a pretty decent size shop. Yeah. But you've been I started thinking, out you, at like a thousand. You've been thinking about moving too. I know you've had your eye on a couple of buildings. Um, You're ready to burst. I want to keep it at the size I'm at now. Just want to get a few things just done and out of there, and then not have so many going at once. Do you have uh, a lot of guys working for you? Uh, I have six right now, full time. I got seventh starting in a week and a half. Wow. Is the then job have, interview with you a TIG welding? Uh, they have to, you take them out back and you go, okay, throw a beat down. <laughs> no, no, yeah, the I, job I, interview with him is drop your drawers. I'm going to throw a watermelon at your junk. Like, <laughs> that's, 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 that's Kibi Tech. Yeah. Um, most of it, I just see the pictures of their work and I can kind of tell yeah. what they can do. Some people send stuff in. It's just like, yeah, booger welding. Like, come on. It's like, that's, that's my welding. By the now, wait, has anyone, right Ryan, has anyone <laughs> sent you a, a photo of work that wasn't theirs and you called them out? Like, you, you've yeah. like, Oh, I guarantee you that's happened. Because I knew whose it was, and I sent him a yeah. picture. I was no. like, hey, is it this, this yours? Just no. It was just the picture just flipped, like, mirrored. Yeah, that <laughs> that happened to another buddy of mine who owns a shop where he was interviewing for fabricators, and he's looking at the pictures, and he's like, um, yeah, no. I, he goes, check this out. I know whose truck that is. It's like, yeah. wow. So did you call him out right then? You, or, I or? just ignore him. Okay. They don't, they just leave me alone if I don't respond to them. <laughs> yeah. We get a lot. I get a lot. A lot of people hit me up for jobs. But you do. You're posting. I mean, you are looking for qualified guys. But tell me, qualified. They always skip that part. Qualified. (laughs) So they. I can weld guys. I just want to. I don't need more body people in the shop. But it's not just welding as well. I mean, they have to understand geometry. They have to understand suspension. The whole thing. Right. You still need good installers and people with like, I don't know, good. You know good methods like i don't know, putting the grease pen to make sure the bolt is tight before it goes out to the yeah, customer i mean stupid things like that that put you stuff know back where you found it <laughs> don't steal the boss's tools <laughs> right. leave the red yeah. toolbox alone yep yeah, right if i buy you bad. lunch say thank you right yeah. this yep. is simple things my buddy bought a pink snap-on toolbox and that was the newbie box he goes you don't open any other box in this shop but that one <laughs> and, when, love it. and i will provide you tools while you apprentice and get started and if anything's missing from that box it's coming out of your check and when you graduate to a place where you can buy your own tools, then that box goes to the next guy. And it's literally a pink snap-on box. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, yeah, that is rad. What have you done hazing-wise? Rad. Yeah, rad, see? Rad. Um, hate, I don't know. Hate, no, no. I, I, I know. Know. We don't want to get so anything It's so hard to remember it all because it's so much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure you see it on my story every day. Yes. You're always you today? Did you see what happened No, today? I've been. No, I've been in the studio all day today. So the shop. One of the guys went to pick up a uh, laser and didn't put a tie down around the pallet or anything. Oh, oh no. And he's going from like the 71 to whatever that interchange. And everyone was like, stop. So he slammed on the brakes and the pallet went through the back window. Oh, <laughs> no. He's all right? Yeah, he's fine. Okay. It missed him. <laughs> 
Dude, like that's a horror movie waiting Dude, to happen. That's a yeah, bad that's like story. Final Destination. Yeah, oh, yeah, piece right. Exactly. Molly just slices right his head through. Off. So what? I mean, it stopped when it. it I mean, it, before like, it hit the hit windshield. The and okay. Just blew out the whole back window. Oh. He, he's it was going to. Funny because I was in the front office and I see him pulling in. I get everyone from in the shop to run out back. So when he when he gets out of the truck, we all just started clapping. Yes, <laughs> like the slow the, clap. Yeah, yeah. It's the, the clap in restaurant. You know, the, the like waitress drops clap the dish. Or give it yeah. the... Dune horror. I know. I I can't believe I'm saying horror. We're probably gonna have to bleep this out, right? We might. We might have but, to. But Dune. Yeah, what's his but name? Even his license plate on his car says Dune horror. Yeah. How did he get that? By the way. I don't know. How's it spelled? D U N E W H R. Yeah. Well. Well, that could be Dune's where. It could be Dune's where. <laughs> yeah. Where? Where are the Dune? What's his? What's <laughs> what weird? What's his story exactly? Because he was kind of the one that uh, he was doing a lot of shows and got a lot of notoriety for this Chevy. It was a twenty five hundred HD, right? Yeah. It was diesel, mm -hmm. and at that point, not a lot of Duramax pre runners out there. Again, luxury pre runners, and that truck brought you some attention as well, not just yeah. him. Yeah, how did that? How us. did that come about? Because that's kind of I feel like where you solidified your your black and gold look that you now have. It's across yeah. your entire product line. Tell me about that truck. So I've known him for a while. He had used to have a Titan pre runner that we built, and he bought it from the guy we built it for, and then had another shop do a bunch of stuff to it. We were supposed to work on it, but they were cheaper, and you know. Yeah, yeah, you're showing me a picture. You know, uh, Holman, no one can see that. So uh, <laughs> you're gonna, I was, put I was it on social media. I was just showing you guys. Why were you showing? It's, he built the goddamn truck. Why are you showing? Because I, I was gonna, I was gonna talk about how we've done features on the very truck. So, oh, that oh, you're showing that on Truck Trend. Yes. Oh, okay, so if you, want, if you want to see, we'll put that up in my office. In yeah, so, so we will go ahead and throw that on our social media at Truck Show Podcast and uh, link you over to the Truck Trend page, uh, trucktrend.com, where. Uh, the the Kibby Duramax uh, pre runner is that's a, that is a the Bugatti sweet Max the Bugatti, Bugatti Max because he had it built originally well he had it built like three times it used to just be lifted some lame wheels and twenties and bumpers on it and stuff you know all that stuff you like <laughs> how dare you my friend how dare you and then <laughs> I, listen, I'm the one that I'm the one that booked him I knew he was going to do this to me I'm okay with it it's good I'm entertainment so I'm, I'm at fine peace with it too. I'm at I, peace remember I tell how it is and you like that oh, I do he does like it um, <laughs> then he had another shop the same shop that built worked on that Titan that we built he ended up uh, having them work on the Bugatti Max which they named it the Ferrari Max so when after we were done with it I was like F that name like, <laughs> it's the Bugatti Max now like and that just, I just said it's a joke, and obviously it's stuck. It's stuck. It's and it's stuck. stuck. And so and that then, uh, truck went on to, like, super fame. It yeah. went through Safecraft and then to Diesel Brothers, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And it's been and, on the show a few times. And and at first, when that, I don't think people followed it through Safecraft, but when it got to Diesel Brothers, 
your socials and text messages must have blown the hell up. People are like, yeah. do you know what's happening with Everyone's your truck? Like, blah, blah, blah. texting me and DMing me pictures of their TV with the truck on it. So it was pretty cool. And at first... I had to I, like catch a rerun or something. I don't even think I watched it. At first, it. they didn't really cop to the fact you that... You can uh, find Diesel Brothers now, by the way. Oh, you can. That's <laughs> you can. right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I feel like they didn't cop to the fact that they bought the truck in the beginning, but they just... That they had to quickly, right? Or because yeah. the, the hate was going to well, rain when, down when on that them. that truck was at, uh, first at Diesel Brothers, it was still Rick's at the time. And then Rick got it back and then kind of sold it like R Rick right is, after that. Rick is not Rick, Dune Whore. Rick, Rick is Safecraft, right? Oh, he's Rick, Rick is Dune Whore. Rick is okay. the Dune Whore. <laughs> got it. Rick is the Dune Whore. Yes. Um, and then, yeah, he kind of sold it right after he got it back from them. And then Pat from Safecraft bought it. And then uh, used it for a chase truck and all that stuff. And then I'm not sure how long he had it for. And then he sold it to to Dave Sparks. And then they did some stuff to it and did the giveaway thing. And I don't even know who has it now. But it's interesting because that's <laughs> one of those. There are some cars the that right there, <laughs> there are some cars that people follow on social media. And but that truck was a big one. Like yeah. he was taking that to, I remember I saw it at Off-Road Expo and Sand Sports Expo here in Southern California. And yeah. that truck was a bona fide celebrity. If the truck could sign autographs, it, people would have gotten them. Yeah. Instead, they got them from Dune Whore. Right. Just and they're literally like, oh. signing Dune Whore. Dune Whore. It's <laughs> classic. So what, what has that done? What did, what did builds like that do for you as a, as a builder? Um, I mean, they're all good. They all get exposure. Some obviously a lot more than others, but. I think it was just the whole look of that truck and how kind of like fresh it was that no one ever really did a diesel pre-runner that looked nice and had all nice parts and you know everything was all the suspension was nickeled and everything was black and gold and it was just you know it was a, gorgeous and, and it everyone was everyone loves yeah. and it was functional truck right yeah but I so. think that the fact that he would go out and romp on it right didn't you guys go yeah. out take it out to Glamis he or went somewhere out to Glamis a lot with that yeah right so it was. There are a lot of, you know, show trucks that don't ever see the dirt. I don't know any of those, but <laughs> there are some, right? And there are other ones that got used, and that thing got used. And yeah. so I just congrats for that build. Yeah, everyone's Bug like, oh, it's too pretty. Just, you can't just use guys, it. I was like— if Just look at Bugatti Max. You'll see the well, truck that we're well, talking about. the reality is, is that that truck— wasn't built to be a show truck necessarily. Like it was built to be fully functional. It was, it was yeah. a show truck. No, though. no, no. I understand. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, it, the coatings, the finishes, all that. What was underneath the show and the aesthetic and the looks was a very, very capable, very, very competent pre-runner. Which brings yeah. me to your front suspension. Like you're kind of known for. You're the suspension guy. I knew you can you can build anything you dream of, yeah. but you become the suspension guy. How did figuring out all that geometry? Like, how did that happen? Because you guys, you're up against multi-million-dollar companies building suspension, and yeah. here's this small shop in multi-hundred-dollar, yeah, right, here. Newberry Park, California, <laughs> and you, and yet you've got a long line of people who want your stuff. They may not be able to afford it because yeah. you're making smaller quantities, but now you're up against the big boys. How, how did you figure that whole mix out? Um, that's a really good question. There's a lot of questions in that question. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Too complex. Let me start again. How do you do your shit? <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't know how to ask it any more sim simply. See, I built my first, you know, I was talking, built my first suspension kit on my truck when I was 17. No clue what I was doing. Um, didn't build any kits for a while after that. And then the first one I, first kit I built was for 99 to 06 Chevy 1500 two-wheel drive. So I took apart 
my daily driver that I was still making payments on to the dealership, stripped the whole front end down to start like building and designing my front suspension. So that's where all the front suspension started from there. Were you inspired by anyone else's kits at the time? Um, not really. Who was I mean, around? I just kind of knew like the look in my head of what I wanted. What were the names of the companies? Like who was around when, when you kind of entered and sort of started becoming known? Like what were the other guys that were out there building? So just so um, we kind of figure out, like in my well, mind, the time like, frame. Like Camberg, you know, they've okay. been around for yep. forever. They're still yep. around. Jerry and yeah. Jason. Yeah. Um, H&M. Dixon Brothers kind of up by you. Those guys were around for yeah. a while. Yeah, they were around for a little while. There was a bunch of little shops that popped up here yeah. and there that just kind of faded away. Yeah. Missoula was around. You know, everyone was, most of the more well-known names are were still around and still around now. Um, but I just had like an idea in my head of what I wanted my suspension to look like and what I wanted it to be and what I wanted it to do. So I just, I don't really look at other people's work too much because I don't want to. Feel like I, you're I ripping wanna, them off, yeah, right? I don't want to yeah. have really any, not say any inspiration for what, from what other people do because I want to do my own thing yeah. my own way. So I don't really pay attention too much anymore to what anyone does. Someone's like, oh, did you see this? I'm like, I, I don't know. Right. <laughs> Just like our podcast, right? People, yeah, <laughs> no clue what anyone else is doing. Right? No, no idea. We like, God, your you guys, your podcast is god awful. You should listen and get some tips from this other guy. Like, I'll, I'll build something, and someone be like, "Oh, that looks just like this." I'm like, "Just like what? Who is that? I don't know yeah. what that is." Right? Yeah. No, that's good. I just kind of took it from it's my fresh. brain of what I thought it should be, and that's how we. So, what is things. next for Kibbe Tech? Like, how are you going to push the envelope? I mean, you had the SEMA truck, the Ford F. 350? F-150. F-150. For, wow, I was way Von, off. For Von Gittin. Okay, okay. Tell me about that car, because that truck. You can, you debuted it at SEMA this last year, correct? Uh, That was three years ago? No, wait a minute. What was the one that, the Ford truck this last year? No, what? Oh, the old one? Yes. Oh, yeah, the F-500. F five hundred because it was an F three fifty. I was you're still fishing. far off. Yeah, no, I, I know. I just got to take an F one fifty and add an F three fifty to it. Right <laughs> now, I got an F five hundred. <laughs> then you get an F five hundred. Um, yeah, we we debuted that at SEMA this year. Didn't post any pictures of like it completed and painted and wrapped and all that stuff. Um, kind of did like a retro, kind of like a Rough Riders, yeah, kind of look to it, but. But my idea was like just straight OG Rough Riders, like swoosh through the thing, you know, wrap around the the front, the hood. That's such a classic. Just be all like, like round, job to you. and then Jason wanted to update it a little bit, so he did kind of more squared off, kind of Rough Riders scheme. So that was like my whole idea, because it was like you know the trucks were red, white, and blue, and I was like, I'll wear black and gold everything, yeah. and the truck was white, so white, black, and gold just kind of worked out, and that thing looks bitching. And what was the reception like? Um, everyone loved it. Yeah, who doesn't love an OBS Ford? Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, just yeah. that's like the quintessential. Every know, guy commenting is like, "Oh, yeah. I just went in my pants." Yeah, I, I wish I was so hard right now. <laughs> it's like, oh, so weird to read that on my phone. Like, Stop like, that! Oh, how many? Of the, how many of the, the what is it? Because it's squash? like they're sexting me. It's right. Yeah. Right? No, it's, uh, uh, the, the little, yeah, the, the purple squash emoji or whatever that thing is, right? Eggplant. Uh, the eggplant. eggplant. Yeah. Eggplant. Well, eggplant. it's you know the the OBS Fords. I mean, that's like the perfect mix of old school and sort of sort of becoming modern, right? Like that ninety. Yeah. Four ninety five ninety six right in there. I mean yeah. those trucks they just look good. They're the right just, size. They're yeah. just you know TTB so and or or uh, I beam. So there's a ton you can do with them off. I mean they're just 
first generations had the power strokes. Oh man, it's just there's yeah. so much to like about those trucks. See, yeah. now you've got the, uh, the purple emoji. Yeah, you've got the egg <laughs> yeah, right above your head. You What's know yeah. funny is um, if you sit in one of those trucks today. I mean, you get them in the shops, so you see them, but. You step out of a modern truck and you're like, man, this this truck's room. You get one of those and it almost feels like a midsize. Like yeah. you don't realize how small those trucks were. And in the day, they were big. You know, that's, that was your big truck. So it's yeah. it's kind of funny the time warp. If you know, yep. got a buddy. He's like, hey, I'll, I'll pick you up. And I get in. And I'm like, dude, our shoulders are kind of close. Yeah. <laughs> you know? What's next for Kibbe Tech? I asked you this before, but how are you going to push the envelope? Or, or are you not? And you're just going a different direction because you don't have to do pre runners forever. You could do whatever you want to build. Um, I'm going to say I want to try to do a little bit more production and I really want to build trophy trucks. Hmm. And a hundred percent more eggplant. Yep. <laughs> I saw you were, you were testing something in the desert a couple of days ago. Yeah. What we'll was back that? out there on Friday. What was that? That's Can... a 3,700 class Jeep speed. Nice. So it does not look like a Jeep at all. <laughs> it's basically like a Jeep truck. It has a 454 LSX in it. Right, because that's... 480, Atlas II transfer case, 10-inch rear end. The only thing you know, Jeep curry. is the grill, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's got a Jeep, Jeep grill oh. and doors. Yeah. <laughs> it, it already had a lot of money in it. <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean, it was. It's, a, it's then, a regular JK with IFS in the front. Yeah, so, and then going and racing it. Yeah. So, Ryan, you're talking about upping your... That truck snowballed insane once we got it, and I started looking through it, because we're going to team... You know, we teamed up to race together. So I'm like, well, if I'm driving this thing, it's got to have pretty much everything that I want on it. I'm not trying to say that like a <laughs> cocky or anything, yeah. but like if I'm going to race this, I want these seats. Like we're going to do this and that. And so I got a bunch of people to get on board. That's why there's so many stickers on the thing now. Got it. With product and stuff like You're that. You're well so, sponsored. So yeah, that truck, we completely redid the front suspension, front engine cage, redid half of the cab cage, mounted the seats properly because they're just bolted to the floor, which is... I'm not going to be bolted to a floor and roll over. <laughs> yeah, no. I want to be bolted to the cage. So redid that, redid steering, just rewired the whole thing, just went through the whole truck and just basically started over. And That's usually how everything ends up when it comes into the truck. And they they walk in with one price on, in their head and they leave with something very different. And <laughs> yeah. it's not, I, I, you don't, I'm sure end, you don't, you're not doing maliciously. Really well, yeah. yeah, it's not you just trying to make a buck. You're like, ah, I'm, it's not going to leave my shop lame yeah you want to do more production parts does that yeah. mean that more... joe blow in idaho can buy your mm -hmm. suspension like exactly. what's the plan for that how do you even execute execute that is it going to the bank and getting a ton of money and just in in laying it all there and um, probably just simplify a lot of the stuff that we do because a lot of the kits that we make require a ton of fabrication you know custom engine cage you got to move excuse me you got to move your air intake your batteries your fuse box your radiator overflow all that stuff's in the way the inner fenders everything just gets hit by the tires so i think if we just take a little bit of travel away which i don't like doing take a little bit of up travel away and then you won't have to move as many things and then make like a shock mount kit that we sell with our suspension kit and then people can just get it welded on spray paint it and be done yeah gotcha be done with it gotcha well if you guys are putting it out it's going to be quality i'm sure yeah. of that so it's just to try to find a way to where we can not mass produce, but say, you know, cut, out, small cut out, yeah, like five kits, which yeah. is, seems like, really small, but that's a niche boutique for a small run. shop. Yeah. You know, all the arms are billet, so it's a lot of, you know, money. Still inventory you got to carry. And yeah, yeah, just parts sitting there yep. waiting. But I mean, you guys have become kind of the, 
the Tiffany of of the industry, which is like it went up. A good thing. Y- yeah, that- it is a good thing. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like every girl wants a Tiffany ring. You know, they, she can't afford it until she's every old girl enough. Wants Kibby. Right? <laughs> see, <what> you <laughs> hey, I, I see. What you did, I see what you did there. So I think that I mean he just laid it. Up. I, I know, dude, yeah, yeah. Dude, right out of the park. <laughs> lightning, lightning tosses softballs like nobody's business, man. You got it. every time. <laughs> but I, I think toss that... a mean eggplant, <laughs> cassava <laughs> melons. All right, this is going south real fast here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Ryan Kibby, KibbyTech.com. You guys check it out and just Google Bugatti Max or any of the cars. You they'll all pop up. More important, he's Insta famous. Yes, Insta famous handle. Famous. What is it? Is that? I feel like that's like a bad thing. <laughs> it doesn't sound kind of. So bad. should should we not tell you the reason? Insta-famous, because like you're Kim Kardashian and, and stuff like that. That's Insta-famous. You have the worst, the, the worst analogy. Tiffany, Tiffany Kardashians. Kardashians. Oh, my God, guys. <laughs> and I worked at a freaking radio station. We had to cover a pop culture for my whole now life. Now you're on a manly truck podcast. I get it, but like beards. when you talk about Insta-famous, you, everyone thinks of Kardashians, right? Nope. I mean, what else did she do other than sleep with, I you know? I don't even know who that is. All right, well, this show is declining really, really fast. I don't know that I'm, I'm comfortable with it. I know you're having fun. <laughs> <laughs> head. Come out here. Oh, you gotta bleep another one. I out. did bleep yeah. myself out. You eggplant head. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Kibby, kibbytech.com. If you can't afford a suspension, just buy a freaking hat, okay? Come on now. Oh, you want to talk about hats? Let's uh, uh, well, I'll help you out with your hats. The second item in my store, and it says sold out. Oh. The first item. Sold I'm out. sorry, you're popular. What do you want me to do about it? Sold out of shirts, too. You're sold out of shirts? No hey, hey guess what? No jackets, the Truck Show podcast if also only... sold out of shirts. Yeah, we are. We are. If, <laughs> if only, only I knew a guy. <laughs> <Yeah. See? laughs> Don't feel right. bad. He it's, won't even uh, take care of us. It's time to go, guys. It was nice. Check in with you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Don't let the door no hit problem. you on the ass. <laughs> Before we forget, we need to promote next episode. Oh, yeah. diesel episode. You do right? not want to miss next week. We've been listening to you guys, and everybody has been telling us how much you love the diesel content. More diesel, more diesel. So next week, our show is stacked. We've got the Gail Banks joining us in studio. We've got Steve Sanders from Cummins. I mean, who doesn't love mm-hmm. Cummins? And we've got KJ Jones from Diesel Power Magazine to talk about Ultimate Callout Challenge and uh, and Diesel Power Challenge and what's uh, what's going on in the diesel world. Is Ryan still here? So before we kick your ass out of here, Mr. Ryan Kibbe, give us your Instagram <laughs> handle at Kibbe Tech at Kibbe Tech at Kibbe Tech at Kibbe Tech K I B B E. T E C H. Yes. That's no easy enough. Spaces, Simple. No nothing. Even I couldn't screw it up. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think uh, I think it's time to get out of here. It definitely is. I'm worn out. Oh, yes. Man. Hit us at Truck Show Podcast, at Truck Show Podcast on socials or Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com. Send us an email. Tell us how we're doing. Give us a good rating. Hit the it. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. The Truck Show. Whoa, whoa. Should we do it again so Ryan can sing it? No, I think it was good enough. Is it time to go? He was just sitting here laughing at us. Hey, Ryan, get out. Oh, bonus. No, bonus. Send drums? Uh, Okay, here we go. Got it. Hold on. We do have a... uh, No, you're going to... There's no one here. Yeah. I'm not saying that those drums are going to work well. No. He's got oh, skills. Man, On the skins, cutting yeah, it up. Man, I haven't played in a while. Uh, Ryan, we need you to leave. You're making us look bad. All right, love you too. <laughs> <laughs>